On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day, Migos, and welcome to the Four Diegos here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Hey, and thanks to Finey on another fantastic show, as always, and good to hear from the boys from the GBU crew, as always. Vinny Venezuela's here as well, and so is Warren Diego, just uh, prepping up on some of the uh, hot topics. Hey, Rodrigo, yes. I just wanted to get in before Carlos. Yes. You know how most people just... I just drove from a couple of suburbs <laughs> down the road. Come on. How many not, how many hours me. in your day today? There's 26, isn't there, or 27 or something? No, there's been a few today. Where'd you come from today <laughs> for the show? I came from a place called West Haven. In New Zealand? Auckland, yes. Now, I'll give you credit for that. Yeah. I would in not a canoe. Normally, he came in a canoe. I would not Let, normally give on. you credit, but yep. well done. No, I appreciate that. Good Thanks. stuff. If I fall asleep halfway through the show... That's not much it's different than normal. normal. It's normal. G'day, Carlos. Welcome to Hello the show. Hello there, Rodrigo. Good to see you. And, uh, of course, we have a rule here on the Diego's. Yes. If you're in the country, you do the show. Yes, you do. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter how long you've been in the country. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got actually a flight to Japan oh, at 4 o'clock uh, tomorrow morning. So this is going to be very interesting. Oh, before it was 7.30, but yeah, now it's 4 no, o'clock. No. Yeah, well, there you go. Okay, let's go to... Uh, hey, before we get into the uh, big show, because we've got heaps to talk about. We've got the FFA Cup. We've got uh, everything uh, to talk about in, in relation to that. We've got a hot topic. Diogo Ferreira is coming up as well from Perth Glory. Physically, obviously, awareness as well to get across, but it's a real mental challenge. I mean, the fact that they have to continuously have that awareness. Karuska goes short, this is rehearsed. Chance for Virio, and he buries it. Sergio Virio can't stop scoring in the FFA Cup. Second would uh, completely turn this game on its head. Always uh, the key period of any football match is uh, five minutes or so before half time. Here's Therio. Sanchez, Mabil, and Alan Mabil. What a wonderful goal! Absolutely superb from Awa Mabil. And the worst nightmares come true for Central Coast Mariners. Eventually finds Mabil. He's isolated uh, Morton. Still Awa Mabil. He goes for goal deflection. Save ready. Goal Adelaide United. They're through to the final of the FFA Cup. And it's entirely fitting that Sergio Thirio should be the goal scorer. And he scored two goals tonight for Adelaide United as and Mabel scored Mabil rather scored uh, <laughs> a goal as well. They defeated Central Coast Mariners 3-2. Rose and Simon scored for Central Coast Mariners. And they, of course, go into the grand final of the FFA Cup to play Perth Glory, who defeated Bentley Greens last night 3-0. And Marinkovic uh, scored uh, oh, twice. Oh, cracker. As did uh, Harold scored one goal. Is it a two-legged final, boys? No, no one no, leg. one leg. One leg and, uh, I don't know, you know, I came into this and, I, you know, I won't be told by any marketing man what to think or what <laughs> no. to say. I won't be. No spin doctor no. is going to determine what, what I think. Clearly, right? it's a beautiful game, Coming Carlos. into this whole competition, I was a bit sceptical until that first night, which was brilliant, right? Yep. We're going to the final, Adelaide United versus Perth Glory. I'm cynical again. There's no fairy tale here. There's no romance. The romance <laughs> oh, geez, is gone. Gallop. Once Bentley Greens went, <laughs> yep. 
It, it <laughs> means nothing for me anymore. Did you see the game tonight? It was a good game, but I mean, suddenly, what, there were 5,000 people there at Hindmarsh? They didn't really care. Mm. Yeah, no one cared. Yeah. I think they cared, Carlos. I, I think the Mariners cared. I think Adelaide want to win something. I think there's an opportunity to... Uh, it's it's about silverware. There's not enough silverware. Sure, there's a toilet seat, <laughs> but we want more than a toilet seat. At, at like we want to say we won the double. Yeah, yeah. No, Vinny, I want to believe you. I want to believe you. The key to this now is a cracking final because I think if we use the FF, if we use the um, the FA Cup as yep. a, as an example, I mean we don't have a Wembley, which is disappointing. It'd be good if we had a Wembley where the you know, they go to and they play. And they walk up some stairs yeah, that, and they walk out with their suits. All that. Yeah. I think they should recreate that just for yeah. the sake of it. But Clive Palmer should build a Wembley. <laughs> He's with the Titanic. the Titanic and the Wembley. So, yeah. It could work. It could work. Call us, Clive. But I think I think you get the te- fairy tale in the FFA Cup, but eventually you get probably two Premier League teams playing. Sometimes you get bottom end and top end, but... The key now is a really good final because I think the FA Cup is often spoilt by the fact that the final's quite a dour affair with not enough goals. We need these guys to play with gay abandon, almost like it's not cat and mouse. We played each other enough. We're going to go out and put a showcase game on. And then I think we've got Bentley making the semi-final. We've got Adelaide City beating. Well, Adelaide City are notionally, aren't they? The champions of Asia. <laughs> no, no, Bentley Greens are because they oh, beat yes. Adelaide City, who beat but, West Sydney Wanderers. Yes, so by three degrees <laughs> yeah. of separation. My worry, watching three it degrees. last night, as much as you're, you're really three thousand three hundred people, there was a packed house. Uh, apparently, no one else was allowed in. That's how big. That's how packed out it was. Um, I just get worried that at no stage last night, even though Bentley were very competitive and they had a crack, at no stage did I think Bentley could win last night. Or could, uh, did, did I think Bentley could win? And I suppose my next thing, and I said it on Half Show today, is uh, I really hope that all the committeemen there from the clubs, from NPL downwards, all the coaches, all the committees are sitting down tonight and they're saying, OK, let's strategize how we can become a more professional club so we can go deep into this competition if we can because we saw the benefits for Bentley Greens. I mean, Channel 9 were doing stories on Bentley Greens. I mean, it's, that's unheard of. Usually when someone gets hit by a flare, they might actually do a story on them, but they were doing a story on the actual team and the, and the, and the fairy tale, na- the Cinderella sort of nature of the whole thing. Warren, I didn't see the Herald Sun uh, oh, double, double page, page spread. On, and it had a little pen pick about each player, how much he earns, what's his background, you know, what's he do for his day job. Well, it was just absolutely but, but brilliant. Th- that's unheard of, uh, you know, uh, in Australian football that a mainstream media outlets would be covering NPL sides or anyone below. South Springvale got a lot of mm. joy earlier on too. Now, I'm really hoping that the clubs, because, you know, really, we've got to make sure that we don't get the situation where there's always at the top end of the competition, you know, in semifinals, finals, there's always A-League clubs and there's no real chance for that Cinderella story all the way through. We need to get that club that's not an A-League club into a final. Yes, but getting them to a sem- you'd have to agree though, and I think you do that the the fact that uh, we've had Adelaide City and Bentley make it this far was a little bit unexpected, but uh, happily welcomed because both of those squads don't play at the sort of level with the sort of intensity, with the sort of um, conditions and equipment and and. And, and lists that, that the others do. So so we have we are mm. getting the Cinderella story. I think, Vinny, the way the fixture was set up, you're always going to get one team that wasn't an A-League club in the last four. So 
it was manufactured that way, and it was a great story because we had Adelaide City beat West Indy Wanderers and stuff like that. But I really want to see two teams in the last four, and maybe you know we'll see more and more down the track as it's happening overseas with the FFA, FFA, FA Cup uh, that a lot of the big clubs play their B team or play their youngsters or whatever. They might have a bad day. Uh, if the other teams from below A-League are super professional and they are getting the most out of their resources, they could trouble A-League sides on any given day. At the moment, given that they're out of season number mm. one, they're not professional, they weren't fit, uh, they, they're not as good, it was never going to happen. And you see, you saw it last night in that game. This yeah. is true, but the I agree with you 100%. But... The, the and and the, for that gap to be surpassed is going to take a lot of investment and a bit of time as well. But for the fact that uh, people would have seen Bentley Greens play for the first, a lot of people mm. would have seen Bentley Greens play for the first time, and they would have been very pleasantly surprised by the standard at that level. Oh, but John Eloisi, uh, John Anastasiadis did say, he said. After the game last night, instead of just sort of accepting, you know, the, the plaudits for getting as far as he did, he said, we need to get more professional. And, and I know what you're saying about that, the long-term nature of this and we've got to build the game slowly, but they lost five of their best players in the last three or four weeks. They've just gone off elsewhere and they, whatever reason, they, they've gone off, right? They've also, um, you know, only started training four nights a week in the last three weeks because they made a pact. Right now, what if they did that three months ago? What if they were able to keep their best players? So suddenly they would have bridged that gap even further with Perth Glory. I mean, things can happen now without the long, you know, the, the long-term view that you're talking about. Things can happen now in every club. I think every club should be asking themselves, how do we become more professional with the resources we've got? Because I'm sure that there's gaps there right now. But this is what's exactly exciting about what what's what's happened, what what's been born of this FFA mm. Cup. It's uh, the fact that, geez, I wouldn't have thought Bentley would have gotten this far or Adelaide or anyone else. And they play all right. Yeah. Given, given that they're part-timers, they play all right. And, and, and for those clubs, the fact that... Uh, it's a pathway and it's, it's a bit of shop window as well. And mm. I don't think the romance goes just because they're not there. I'm, I'm excited now for the next uh, round of FFA Cup next year. I want to see how this one ends up. And, and in many ways, uh, I think it, it's right that Adelaide and Perth are in the finals because at the moment they're the, they're, they're informed team. Yep. So it's a good thing. Yeah, I think um, long term, if there's going to be promotion relegation and there's going to be a, a national competition that's Division Two. We need teams like Bentley and the other teams to get more professional. And I would think that Carlos, the the bigger high profile teams that we associate with XNSL teams, particularly South Melbourne and and Melbourne Knights, for instance, I reckon they're almost they're almost obliged to take this more seriously in coming years because you know. You can see the type of publicity you get. If you conduct a good event, if the crowds are good, if there's a good environment, you know, some of that perception about ethnic-based support and that sort of stuff, because Bentley Greens have got a, Greek you know, a, 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 yeah. an ethnically-based support, but you watched it last night, you know, you got people from that local community going to watch. None of that supposed, you know, I don't know, baggage around these teams actually existed for the, for the time that they yep. were playing. So I think for for South Melbourne and Melbourne Knights and Sydney Olympic and, and all those teams, you've got an opportunity to mainstream yourself again in terms of the sporting public through this competition. Mm. And we need depth because I would hope genuinely that in our lifetime, maybe in the next 20 years, we are going to have promotion relegation and you wouldn't think they're going to be 
newly created teams. They're going to have to be teams that have existed, that have reinvented themselves and now are lifting themselves up to A-League standard. That's a good point. Got a couple of uh, interesting text messages here. Remember, boys, first year and the NPL team makes the semis. Within 10 years, an NPL team will win the FFA Cup, just like Western Sydney Wanderers winning Asia. We thought it could never happen. We built it, and it will come. Believe, Diego's. Believe, Michael. I'm the the only one who's not excited about the final, uh, but I want what I am excited about the prospect of what everyone's learnt out there. All the teams below the A League should be tonight (laughs) starting to strategize about how we're going to be better in what we do so we can make go through this competition a bit uh, more. Just get go through a few here, Carlos. John in Port Melbourne, haven't we come a long way since the old NSL Cup? And I have a man crush on Vinny, uh, <laughs> Drew from Mascot Vale. There you go. Hey, uh, send us through your I'll text messages. That. Yeah, you should. On your Drew. If the double. Indian Premier League can get guest players to come, why can't... They get out there. Yeah, yeah, I know we're going to have an argument soon about you know players who shouldn't be there. You know, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. That is the text message. We're on the uh, rough end of it on Sunday. Can he repeat the feat? Oh, it is magnificent! Absolutely splendid! Novoza Marinkovic. Another howitzer from the set piece. He's making a real name for himself from that sort of range. Up forward by Thwaite and Keogh his first two hits. Danger here again for Bentley Greens. Oh, Marinkovic, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. A brace for Marinkovic. And they're well on the way now, Perth Glory, to the FFA Cup final. Back for Rista and good football by Perth. Chance to finish it. There it is, 3-0. Chris Harold, game over. And there you go. Yes, um, Perth Glory defeated Bentley Greens 3-0 yesterday. And uh, we catch up with one of their uh, young guns, Diogo Ferreira. G'day, Diogo. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. How are we? Yes, not bad at all. Good to talk to you again. We've spoken to you a few times. Hey, mate, uh, we've got you. It's Rodrigo here, Vinny Venezuela, Warren Diego and Carlos. Hey, mate, you guys are in the final of the FFA Cup. You're top of the league. You must be really buzzing over there at Perth Glory. Yeah, so far, so far everything's gone to plan this year, so which is really good. Um, you know, it's been a long time coming for the club to put itself in this kind of position. So it's really good, exciting times down here. Diego, it's Carlos. Uh, Kenny Lowe, uh, obviously, he was a guy that took over last year under sort of funny circumstances. Well, it wasn't funny for the club because Alistair Edwards uh, had got sacked and he took over. Uh, there was a lot of uncertainty about you know how he was going to go because it was a bit of an up-and-down season for the boys. But really, the pre-season, I'm not sure what happened over the pre-season, whether you've taken some sort of Superman tablets or whatever, <laughs> but he seems to got you really working together. Got a couple of nice recruits in Andy Keogh. Uh, Marinkovic is scoring some goals for you. Jamie McLaren's on fire. What happened over pre-season for you guys to come together and, uh, and be a unit the way you are? Look, it's hard for me to comment on last year, obviously, because I wasn't there, but... You know, it's always hard for a coach to come in, you know, if it's halfway through the season or whatever and, you know, and make a make a difference. So Kenny's had the had the luxury to go out and recruit the players he wanted. I think we recruited I think in a total of seven or eight. So you know, obviously that makes a difference. He recruited the players he wanted for certain positions and the style he wanted to play. So I think that's the main difference. Diego, you ever thought of having your own radio show? Because you could do that. You have the name. 
It's Diogo, but it's not Diego. Okay, Diogo. there you go. We know. Sorry, I, <laughs> forgive my pronunciation. I was going to say the FFA Cup. What does it mean to the Perth Glory Boys? Look, it means look, it means everything. We've been really pumped for it the whole time because we want to make history at the end of the day. It's the first one ever, and whoever wins this first one will always be remembered. So. You know, we take it just as serious as our league games. And, you know, now we've got one more step and hopefully, like I said, we can, we can make some history. Just want to ask about your teammate, uh, Marinkovic, with his set pieces. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know, I mean, the one against Central Coast was just as good as the one against Bentley Greens. Now, the practice that goes into that, is, I mean, you've seen him come to the club and, and obviously show this talent on the park. How much practice is involved in in being able to put it where spiders should only live because just fair income, that's exactly where they've gone. I was actually speaking to him um, yesterday about it and he reckons just from a young age, just being natural, he's just always hit free kicks like that. Obviously, he does still put in the hard work at training. I see him after training every day pretty much, stays back and he hits some. So, you know, obviously you need to be naturally, you need to have some kind of natural talent to hit those free kicks, but, you know, he does... He does work on them daily. Now, Diego, you actually, uh, every club, every squad has that player where you have that designated set-piece guy, the penalty taker, and everyone knows he's the one who gets the job. But there's always that one player in the, in the team that just grabs the ball, pushes the designated bloke away, and takes the kick, uh, and sometimes scores, sometimes doesn't score. Are you that guy that would do that to Marinkovic or right. to do that to Andy Keogh, or do you just At sort of sit moment. back now? Look, to be honest, at the moment, I wouldn't dare after those two goals. You know, he scores two free kicks like that in 48 hours. I don't think anyone, you know, anyone in the world would try and push him off, <laughs> off the next one at the moment, that's for sure. Now, where are you at with your career, mate? You, you've been the Melbourne Victory and you're breaking into the side there. You've gone to Brisbane and you're in a successful team there. For me, you were su- surprisingly moved to Perth, uh, given that you, I thought you were really cementing yourself there at Brisbane. Uh, where, where's your career at the moment and uh, and how much more have you got in your development, do you believe? Look, at the moment, I'm just chasing titles. One last year, <laughs> we're on top of the ladder. So, you know, I just want to win as many titles as I can by the end of my career. Now, but all serious now, you know, at the end of the day, I could have, I could have stayed at Brisbane. I chose to move on for, you know, for my career. I wanted a new challenge and I wanted to play more regularly. You know, but we have recruited really well in the off season. I know it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be as easy as, you know, I might have thought it was going to be. But I know that if you know I keep working hard, I'll eventually I'll, I'll get my opportunity. And I have been, you know, I've been playing these FFA Cup games and you know played a couple games, a few games this year in the seat in the league as well. So you know, as long as whenever I get my opportunity, as long as I, you know, perform, that's all I can do, I guess. Now, Perth's obviously a great place to live. The weather's great. It's great to be able to train in those sort of environments. I'm just wondering, from a point of view of travel, you know, do you... I mean, you've had this trip where you've gone Central Coast, Bentley, back to Perth. I know you've got a home game this week. Does it take a little while to adjust to that routine with the amount of travel? Or is it just something that... I know that you're going to say you don't focus on it, you're a professional sportsman, but, I mean, it must take a little bit of getting used to physically in terms of just the travel and then the, the recovery and the preparation because you lose days. It's not like you just, yeah, it's no, an hour flight. We've had a doubt, you know, we can say, and you know, we don't focus on it. Like you said, 
But, you know, it's much better if you don't, you know, our closest flight's two and a half hours to Adelaide. So we don't have the luxury of having, having one hour flights from Sydney to Melbourne or, you know, from Sydney to Brisbane. But to be honest, you know, we just got to get on with it. And, you know, what I did as soon as I went there, I got the Qantas app on my phone and I just checked my frequent flyer points all the time. <laughs> that keeps me, um, you know, it keeps me, um, my head off the flying a bit. At least I'm getting something out of it. So, Diego, what do you got on the iPod spinning around, mate? Uh, obviously, you got the everyone's got their big headphones and they're listening to stuff coming off buses and uh, with the travel part of the the whole job. Yeah. What what are you listening to normally to oh, fire you up? A bit of whatever, a bit of whatever. Now I used to be, you know, a bit more into some dance music before games and stuff like that. But I think now with a bit of age, you know, you just take it easy and I don't know, just put my my play my um, iPod on shuffle, I guess. <laughs> wow, taking risks there, mate. <laughs> That's too, right? But I, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Diego, Andy Keogh's come in, and you know he's come to Australia, and he's he's probably been the surprise signing of the year in many ways. He's sort of come come in quietly, but you know, we don't like our tall poppies in Australia. So I just want to know, has he got a nickname? Are you calling him Pasty, for example? <laughs> no, we're not actually. We just call him Andy. No, we don't have a nickname for him. Well, but yeah, but he's been especially he's been a great signing for us. He's been great. Yeah. Look, look, to be honest, you know, before this, you know, I've, I had heard of his name here and there, but I had never really seen him play. Um, but you could see from the day that he came into preseason, you know, that he's just, he's, at the end of the day, he's just a poacher. You know, he'll be in the right spots at the right time, and he works extremely hard, which suits our style. And, you know, I think we're just going to see him keep getting better and better this year. Hey, Diogo, thanks for that. After that interview, we might change our names to the four Diogos. <laughs> no? think, why not? Uh, why not? Why not? Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's Carlos Alberto Diogo. <laughs> hey, mate, thanks for your time. As always, it's good to talk to you. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's hope you continue your run in the FA, FFA Cup, of course, and you, uh, you win the uh, FFA Cup final uh, because, uh, you know, it's, it, it'll be a fantastic thing to do that first up. Well done, mate, and thanks for joining us. Cheers, guys. You have a good night. There's Diogo Ferreira there from Perth Glory. Always good to have a chat with him. Good value. Yes, Warren. I actually did not ask him a question using his name because after Carlos got it wrong... <laughs> I didn't well, get it, it wrong. Vin- no, no. It was just... Was it Vinny? No, no. No one got it wrong. It was just the pronunciation was... Yeah, right. I was I was field shy, gun shy. <laughs> right. I yeah. didn't want to stuff it up. Well, that's actually... that's. Very mature of you. Normally don't do that. The, anyway. the, the show benefits from you being gun, gun yes, shy, that's right, Warren. Yes. Mm. Hey, let's take a break <laughs> and come back with uh, more on um, the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Okay, guys, listen up. You must always be prepared for today. If you lose sight of that, then you'll never have a today, which was tomorrow yesterday. What I'm saying is you must be prepared for today. Because tomorrow doesn't ever get here from yesterday. And we'll have to assume that it will get here again tomorrow. This has been a confusing halftime pep talk by the Four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, we're here on a Wednesday night, as always, and um, 
having a very interesting show. Good to speak with uh, Diogo Ferreira there from Perth Glory. Keep sending your text messages in on 0433 98 1116. Hey, uh, 9429-1116 is the number. We've been talking about the FFA Cup and, of course, Adelaide United defeated Central Coast Mariners 3-2. And uh, that was tonight, of course, and Perth Glory defeated uh, Bentley Greens 3-0 last week. So it's Perth Glory versus Adelaide United at Hindmarsh. And let's go to Paul in Heidelberg and wants to talk about the FFA Cup. G'day, Paul, and welcome to the show. Uh, evening, gentlemen. Um, before um, before Diogo was on, uh, I'm hoping I pronounced his name correctly there. You did. Um, I think uh, you were talking about the gap between clubs from the lower divisions and the A-League. And one of the uh, advantages VFL clubs have is that they actually get televised on, say, the ABC. Mm. And I think what's going to help close the gap more than anything is just exposure for these clubs. If Bentley Greens, their season is now, I think, effectively over because uh, their season's played at a different time. I'm pretty sure they're in their off-season now. Next year, um, they'll have a bigger sponsor on their jersey and they'll have more money to develop and all that sort of stuff. But long-term exposure for all these clubs is what's really going to ramp up their development. And that's it's, it's exposure is what they need. Televised exposure. Yeah, it's really hard to do, Paul. Um, you're absolutely right. And... Uh Really, if you talked about Bentley Greens being a major story on Channel Nine News, the sports uh, you know component of Channel Nine News, people will laugh at you unless there was someone you know unless there was a death at the ground or something like that, right? Uh, for the football and for the for the actual players, no one was interested. Uh, until this FFA Cup. So you're absolutely right. And maybe there might be more interest in a, in an ABC in a few years' time doing the National Premier League. With the National Premier League, you know, as Warren said, you know, maybe being the second division where, you know, you could possibly one day have a club coming out of that um, that second division to maybe play in the A-League one, you know. And, and really, you'd think that there's so many wealthy people in Australia who love their football. Well, there's only, depending on what structure you've got, but there's only 10 you know, or maybe 12 or 20 wealthy people involved at the moment. There might be 40 or 50 out there who might want to grab a Bentley Greens and they might want to play at Amy Park as Bentley Greens and that can be that, that second division sort of outfit. But you need to, there's a lot of things that go into setting up a football club. And, uh, and look, I just think if people focus on becoming more professional, they focus on and strategize in a really professional way, this could happen quicker than what people think. I'm not saying in one or two years, but it may not take 20 years to do. You'd think that off the back of their success in uh, the FFA Cup, though, that Bentley's can ask a little bit more from sponsors or sponsors might come to them now thinking, oh, yeah, well, they'll definitely get to a certain level. So that's got to be good for that club and, and, and similar clubs as well. So that, that that little bit more of an income stream might mean that the boys can prepare yeah. a little bit better and be more competitive too. Yeah, and get some of the better players at your club uh, with, you know, with a view of getting that cup run going. Yeah, thanks for your call there, Paul. Let's go to Bob in Baldwin. Uh, wants to talk about Melbourne victory. G'day, Bob, and welcome to the show. Yeah, g'day, boys. Uh, big announcement here today. Can we get some details? Because it's very tight-lipped there. Yeah, there was a statement. Uh, Melbourne Victory put out a statement today saying, I, I believe, and I didn't read it it's, really closely. I think but it's one-third of the club. Being sold? Yeah, well, one-third of the club is going to be available to shareholders yep. based on two owners agreeing to part with their ways. Now, I'm not 100% sure how much these shares will be worth or whether it'll be like a, a share offer for Medibank Private or Telstra or whatever, but I, it could be. It might be, I think it is a members-based share offer, yeah. Carlos, in terms of, you know, members can actually buy portions of the club, which 
you know, adds another dimension to that sort of Yeah, I mean, it, of, of course, a lot of German clubs are run by the, by the members rather than uh, the, the wealthy benefactors. Spain, too. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Look, uh, you know what? It's a little bit of a concern that that owners, part owners of Melbourne Victory want to divest, divest right now. You'd think that it'd be on the upway, upward trend and smart people in business would be waiting for it to get to the top end. And I don't think Melbourne Victory are anywhere near the top of their potential. I think they're, they're still on, probably halfway up. Um, until they fill that stadium, and I think they're capable of doing it uh, regularly, Amy Park regularly, uh, maybe three-quarter full with Eddie Head Sta- Stadium. I don't know why you'd want to divest right now. Anyway, mm. maybe, that, maybe they know something that we don't know. <laughs> maybe they do, yeah. Carlos. Not that I want to put a dampener on things. No, but, no. Yeah. Um, just uh, a couple more text messages. Uh, do you not think that the A-League teams have also learned, this is in relation to the FFA Cup, in that... Uh, they won't let lower division teams win, um, so they're saying that you know the A League is uh, the A League teams are actually going to go harder than uh, than they probably did earlier in the tournament. Well, I just hope that uh, when when we first started playing in the Asian Champions League, uh, I remember Kevin Musket and Melbourne Victory blokes. We were almost dragged them kicking and screaming to their games. I hated it. It was a distraction from the league, but now they love it. Uh, I'm really hoping that the A League clubs. Respect it not because they have to publicly respect it, but because they really feel that it's a beneficial thing. Because that'll make or break it too. They've got to be able to respect the competition. That this year's been good, uh, but as the years go on, if they start resting players and they start playing all the kids, uh, for me that starts disrespecting the competition, and it's not a good look. One player that uh, keeps interesting us and uh, is, was fantastic tonight again was. Uh Thirio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thirio. Now, um, I've got to say, he, he, excited, he, yeah, yeah, he played so well tonight, and he's played so well so far this season. And I just love the way he goes about it and the way they play to his strengths there at Adelaide. That I had to go to Wiki to see, okay, we, knew, we know he's Spanish, but has he played for the Spanish national team? Because, of course, you know, my next thought, if he hasn't, and he hasn't, mm. do we consider him at 29? If he gets his citizenship and he's naturalised and all that sort of stuff, do we consider someone like Thierio for the Socceroos in the immediate short term for the Asian Cup, for example? If we can get, of course, subject to him getting all the appropriate paperwork. Uh, as much as I love it, I thought about. It, I got excited for a moment and I said, <laughs> "No, I want ki- our oh, kids. Carlos. I want our kids who learnt their game in Australia, get that pathway oh. through the A League or whatever they, to play for us in the Asian Cup." Thierio, lovely player. I'm enjoying him, but he should not be representing Australia. If the FFA and Ange Postacoglu are not scouring Wikipedia and looking <laughs> up the background of absolutely every player, born or not born here, playing in the A-League, if they're not looking at how they may possibly qualify to play for Australia, they're being derelict in their duty. Uh, so so you're, Rishik... you're, you're wanting a Harlan Globetrotters? No. No, you're not <laughs> going M- to... Mercenaries, Warren. Mercenaries. <laughs> mercenaries. You know what you want? You want the FFA to offer no, incentives I... to clubs no. to buy players who could potentially be naturalised and no, play for the No, that's not what I'm saying. Let's, let's just invite them in. Yeah. Invite them in. That's not what I'm saying at all. Australian national teams have been built on guys coming from overseas to ply their trade. Hang on, when? 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 Oh, that throughout stopped, the history, multicultural. In the 60s and 70s oh, so and 80s. So because it stopped in the 60s or 70s, it should stop forever. But these people were coming to Australia to live and, yeah, and make, right. make a how life you know, for themselves. How, how do you come know, to play for the national how team? How do you know Bessart Barisha and his brother Barisha Barisha <laughs> <laughs> aren't coming to live here? I mean... 
You guys are absolutely kidding me. So you'd me. pick Barisha for the oh, Australian National Team? in a heartbeat. <laughs> He's not Australian. In a heartbeat. He's not I'd, Australian. If he can qualify... And I'd expedite yeah. his qualification you're just in sully- a heartbeat. You, you're just sullying oh, the course. green and gold shirt. You know, you're diluting it. Oh. Uh, you're, you're cheapening it. You're prostituting oh. the shirt. Oh, That's shit. what you're doing. It was hard enough for us to accept Max Vieri, Warren. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you now. Oh, so and he had the paperwork already. <laughs> it wasn't quite right, was it? Uh, John in Port Melbourne, think I need a shower. I agree with Warren. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, it's, it's, a, it's a good question, but, but really, where would we be if you start taking that view? Use policy out the window. It's just no, whoever no, you think. It's not. Can, it's an all-star no, team. It's not. It's an all-star team. It is not. You're not. You're not going to. You don't. You're not approaching every guy in the world to qualify. You're not doing that. What you're basically doing is okay. If a guy comes out and. Andy Keogh's a bad example, but I'll use him because he's... <laughs> well, he's played for the Republic of Ireland about No, but he's come times. out in that what? age range. He's a bad example because he's already him. played for the Re- Republic of Ireland, but he's in the age range. He's 28 years of age. He comes out and he plays for Australia. Now, depending on what the qualifications are in terms of how many years you have to spend in residence here, he's absolutely perfect, and you're not... You're not picking. But what about the kids? You're not picking Barisha over. You're not picking Barisha oh. unless. So you got 15 ki- people. You're in the devoid st- of a player in that position in the interim or short does, to medium term. Does Andy Keogh know Don Bradman's average? <laughs> no. <laughs> Therefore, he can't play for us. He. You guys are absolutely kidding me. You you're just, telling me. You're telling me that if Karuska. Hadn't played 17 times for Argentina. No, he played for the under 20. So he, he, he could probably qualify so, at 31. Oh, so heartbeat. You, so, so, heartbeat. So you might as well just get Adelaide United in there. You might as well just get Joseph Gombauer to coach them <laughs> and, and make it an all-star team. Yeah, no. And just have the, have, the, have the cheerleaders and have the pyrotechnics there and have Channel 7 yeah. doing it. It's an all-star <laughs> circus. No, it'll be, it'll be a turn-up for the books because the only Australian will be the coach. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you know what? Let's get the people at the Department of Immigration <laughs> yeah, to right. just pick the team. That's right. Oh, Absolutely. You guys are football uh, no, racists. Let's get, let's get Morrison, the uh, immigration. Minister Scotty, Morrison. Yeah, Scotty, Scotty Morrison. Morrison. Yeah. He'll, he'll greet them at the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're hey, flying in. You guys are absolutely disgraceful. Before we go to the break, so do we disregard these guys just because they're foreign? What happens if they stay, have kids, and then one of them turns out to be the next Mark Viduka? Pick him because he's pl- he's oh, grown yes. up in Australia. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's gone. Australian. He's yep. gone yep. through the pathway. Of course, you yep. know, mate. That yep. they're the guys you pick. We Not see, the guys who just lob on your door. We promote Australia as a country of opportunity, of egalitarian values, of, you know, the underdog making good. And all of a sudden, the guy who's plied his trade in Europe not the, looking to explore new not areas. Not at the expense of your kids, Vinny's kids, Rodrigo's kids, my kids. kids. <laughs> right? Any Diego kids around the place? Okay, not at their expense. I'd be happy to sit my children down and say, little Little ones, wait your turn. He's better this than you. This boy no. is better than you. <laughs> Child well, abuse. Hey, let, let's take a break because we're going to catch up with Mike McGrath straight out of the break on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Football is like a religion to me. I worship the ball and treat it like a god. Too many players think of a football as something to kick. They should be taught to caress it and treat it like a precious gem. 
This has been a hot and sweaty, but strangely arousing Pele moment by the Four Diegos. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. And coming up after the Diegos, it's All Night Appetite from 12 till 6 with Darren Parkin. It's been a big show so far. Um, Hey, just quickly, need your help, boys. Ivanhoe City Soccer Club is starting in 2015. We're looking for boys and girls of all ages, skill levels to be part of Ivanhoe's first soccer club. Contact details on the Ivanhoe City Facebook page. Thanks, boys. Great show, and thanks for your support. Go Ivanhoe City. Thank you. Thanks for that uh, text message. Hey, let's go to the UK and catch up with our man over there, Mike McGrath. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, chaps. You've got Rodrigo here, Vinny, Warren, and Carlos. Warren wants to ask the first question. Yeah, just for a change, Mike. Uh, I think... um, Jose Mourinho has described Chelsea as the champions of autumn as the leaves are falling. Arsene Wenger said that uh, it's Chelsea's to lose, which is interesting reverse psychology, seeing they sit in about eighth position and only one win from four. Man City struggle to get over teams like QPR. I'm asking you, not only can Chelsea win the title, I think, but they can go undefeated. Am I mad or not? Well... Jose Mourinho would would disagree with you, but because he says they're not they're going to get beaten at some point, but I just can't, I just don't know where that's going to come. They they need a real off day at the moment, and even when they're not playing that well, like they did at at, at QPR a couple of weeks ago, they're still they still get a result. So it's looking ominous at the moment. Eleven games in, and it, it looks like a one horse race this season at the moment. Um, they just look streets ahead of everybody. Uh, Mike, Vinnie here, does Jose really need the Stanford Bridge crowd to be on his side? He's doing it without <laughs> him anyway. I just think it's one of those where it's like, he's not happy if everything, if everything is going well, which it is with his team at the moment. Even, you know, little niggles here and there, he's still getting Costa and Fabregas on the, on the pitch. I think he needs a little bit of needle in his life. He's one of those people <laughs> and... He's got to pick a fight sometimes, and so it was the Chelsea fans' turn that day. I think he's backtracked a bit, and I think he keeps it interesting for himself because, because like I say, they are they are so good, and they need to kind of challenge themselves in different ways and push themselves in different ways. That's probably one of him, uh, one of his methods, just to kind of get a reaction, really. Mike, how has he improved uh, from the time he was in, from his last in at Chelsea? Uh, do you see the improvement? Is it more of the same? Uh, has he changed his personality at all? I, I think the team itself is really difficult because that team, uh, kind of the '05 era, it was so powerful. It's a real powerful team built on that um, strength. Whereas I think this team has got a bit more um, passing about it, a bit more possibly a bit more classy on the ball. Um, so I, I do think there's differences in the team, whereas you know, I thought SCM was like the real kind of driving force of that last team, whereas this one is Fabregas, who's... I know he, he can be a bit nasty in the in central midfield, but I think he's a silky player as well, somebody who passes the ball, um, passes the ball well, as well as having that power. So uh, I think there are slight differences um, and so it'd be it'd be very interesting to see who you know which which would win out of those two teams. Mike, I'm interested in Man City. They struggle to back up after they win titles, and they they lost a Champions League game at home during the week, and probably were lucky to get past. And well, maybe not lucky. Probably deserved at least a point against QPR, but struggled. You know, Yaya Torre. He seems to be the fulcrum in which the team plays the best, and he's just 
nowhere near his his best. He's been distracted. There's talk talk about him moving. I'm more interested. Would there be any pressure on Pellegrini at all with regards to the way Man City are performing? Yeah, there is. There definitely is. There's questions being asked and kind of people kind of digging around and seeing, you know, how disgruntled are the owners. Um, the word is that they're actually, that, that at the moment, they're okay, that, that, that they've got a degree of patience, kind of the same way that they showed with um, Hughes and and, um, and Roberto Mancini. They, they did give them time. They, they, they weren't going to start sacking people like AVB got the sack after a few months last year. So I think he will get, this season to to prove himself and but I I just think if they don't get out of that Champions League group it could be trouble for him because that's what he really wants to do he really wants to improve on what they did last year and and it looks like it's gone backwards. Mike, uh, I noticed that uh, Liverpool are about to open talks uh, on uh, Stevie Gerrard's uh, contract or next contract or his next phase. What what's going on with that? Do you think uh, is it worth keeping a player now that he's getting long in the tooth? Well. <laughs> I think I think yes. Um, I think the, the the reasons for that is if you look at the queue that will form. Uh, you know, if he is out of contract in the summer, he's still an excellent defensive midfielder, and I think the top four teams would look at him like they would have at uh, Frank Lampard last summer. So I think there'd be plenty of takers. I think that answers the question really about Liverpool. Now, Mike, one quick one before we let you go. Who's winning the sack race at the moment? Uh, was, uh, of course, Alan Pardew was pretty close a couple of weeks ago, but they've got a couple of wins on the trot. And uh, uh, Maurizio Pochettino from your team, Tottenham, uh, he must be under a bit of pressure at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's a strange one, but they kind of seem unsackable, really. I mean, it, even Pochettino, he's on a, he's on a long-term plan. Um, I think at the moment, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be banking on anything happening too soon I think you know you know while things are going well at, at Newcastle sometimes it doesn't look too good at Sunderland um, that, that's that's one way to look at it um, but uh, it's not really hotting up at the moment we're not expecting any sackings over this international break anyway what we do know Mike is that someone will win it <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> yeah hey, that's true hey Mike as always uh, eventually yeah eventually it'll happen Around Christmas, which is a really bad time to say something. <laughs> but it, anyway, thanks for your time as always, Mike, and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. There's Mike McGrath, as always, from The Sun, uh, catching up with the Diego's. Carlos, we'll catch up with you from Japan next week. Yes, can't wait. Konnichiwa to you. Yes. Is that um, goodbye or hello? It's one of them. Hello. Yeah, get all, lost. All night appetite <laughs> after the Diego's with Darren Parkin. So remember, Carlos. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out. We're we'll we'll there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever the girls with fruit on their handlebars their feet. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll, we'll be there. there. We are the four Diego. Ole! Ole!